Hey everyone, you are listening to the official podcast of the Evangelical Free Church of Ken, where our mission is to glorify God, helping each other become mature disciples of Christ as we worship, grow, serve, and reach. your Bibles and open up to Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, and uh, Colossians is where we're going to sit today, and in fact, we're going to go through uh, quite a bit of Colossians today, and uh, we're, we're in the middle of a month-long series focused on our mission statement as a church, and uh, this is our mission statement, if you... Uh, you have not heard that before. Our mission is to glorify God, helping each other become mature disciples of Christ as we worship, grow, serve, and reach. And so the four Sundays in July, we're focusing on worship, grow, serve, and reach. Why is this significant? Why is this even a part of our mission as the church? And ultimately, one of the things you need to recognize is corporately... We believe the church is not just a, it's not a building. The church is not just here in Canton, but the church is global. And the church is made up of all those who claim the name of Jesus to be saved. Okay? All those who believe in the name of Jesus to be saved make up the church, the true church. And a mission statement like this really summarizes what God has already established the mission of the church to be in his word. In Matthew 28, Jesus told his disciples, go and make more disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as we read throughout the text of scripture, we see these elements, worship, grow, serve, and reach, as crucial to us fulfilling the mission that God has called us to as the church. And so last week, we were privileged to hear from Alex uh, Rodriguez about worship and a theology of worship. And today we're going to focus specifically on this concept of growing, growing. Why? What is the significance of this? And why is this something that as the church we're called to? And what does this look like? How do we do this practically speaking? And uh, so as we jump into this, our main idea today, that is if you get nothing else out of today, I want you to hold on to this one statement that the growth of the church starts and ends with Jesus. The growth of the church starts and ends with Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. The growth of the church starts and ends with Jesus. Now, one of the first questions we should ask, even before we jump into... Colossians, is that when it comes to growing in Christ or growing as the church, if we believe the church is made up of those who believe in the name of Jesus to be saved, then where does growth begin? And based on our statement here, you could easily answer, growth begins with Jesus. Now, how many of you, I'm curious, how many of you would say... That you have grown since birth. Duh, right? Obviously. 
And in fact, we can notice pretty quickly when an infant is born, it doesn't take long before we notice they're growing. And in fact, in those first several months, it happens really fast. Growth and development, and before long, you actually start to see facial expressions and then personality and character. It's so amazing to me how the character and personality of our children is established from such a young age. In fact, my wife and I were recently going through and and looking at just pictures and videos from the past eight years, nine years. And it was amazing to us to look at our kids now and look back, even when they were two or three years old, like my oldest, who's going to be eight here in another month, and how she's that same personality and character that she was, she is now. But she's grown. And all of us would acknowledge that every single one of us has experienced physical growth. Every single one of us has experienced emotional growth. Every single one of us has experienced mental growth. We are not who we were. We have not remained the same. But unfortunately, this kind of natural growth often gives us a facade of other growth, namely spiritual growth. That sometimes we can approach life with the assumption that, well, I'm growing physically and I'm growing in my knowledge and I'm growing emotionally and mentally. And so naturally, of course, I'm going to I'm growing spiritually. And yet that is not always the case. Now, specifically, I'm just going to reference John chapter 3. And if you, if you haven't read through this recently, I would encourage you this week to take some time and read through. Um, if you really want to challenge, read through the whole, uh, the whole book of John, the whole gospel of John. But specifically, read chapter 3. And in chapter 3, we often focus in on one verse in John chapter 3, which is... John 3.16, right? But this is in a whole narrative of Jesus talking with this guy named Nicodemus, who is a Pharisee and who comes to Jesus at night to ask him questions about what he has been teaching. And I just want to hone in on uh, John chapter 3, verse, verse 3 through 6, where Jesus answered him and says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, everyone say again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Here's the truth of John chapter three and why I bring it up is this is where growth In Christ begins. Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says to him. Asks him a question and Jesus answers him in a really roundabout way. Which Jesus does faithfully to teach. And he says you need to be born again. If you're going to see the kingdom of God. You need to be born again. One of the great fallacies of our day in our culture, is the statement, well, I'm just born this way. Yes, but Jesus says you need to be born again. That's where growth begins. That's where growth in Christ starts. And it cannot start until you are born again. 
And to visualize this a little bit here, I, I wanted to do this to give you an image picture. Because I, I know many of you have at least experienced gardening in some sense. And so this box, right, I want you to imagine both of these are planters, okay? And this box ultimately represents what you're born into, okay? I'm born, according to scripture, I'm born into sin. From the time of my birth, I am rooted into sin. And in fact, 1 Corinthians 15 communicates that in Adam, all die. And yet in Christ, all are made alive. Now, every single one of us starts out as a seedling in this planter. And it's the same. It's the same planter. And one thing I want you to notice about this is in this planter, there's not a lot of room to grow. Okay? And in fact, it was really hard to find a planter I would actually fit in. Okay? This is where we all start. Now, naturally speaking, any of you who are gardeners know when a plant gets to be a certain size, you need to what? Transplant it, right? It is, I'm literally going to uproot it out of the soil that it is in and transplant it to another place. Now, Here's the deceiving thing. The planter you are born into in your sin, you will still grow physically. You will still grow emotionally. You will still grow mentally. And this gives us this picture of, I'm good. I am planted. I have a root system. I have soil around me. I'm good. And yet... You will never grow spiritually if you stay in this space. Here's what happens in Christ. In Christ, you are made new. In Christ, you are born again. In Christ, you are literally transplanted from that which is of sin into that which is of Christ. But only in Christ does that take place. Only in Christ do you move from that which you have been born into to that which is of God. And we cannot begin growing in Christ until that transplanting happens. And so, for someone who's here today who's never made that decision to surrender to Jesus, you are here and you will not move beyond here apart from Christ. And you have to make a decision as to where you're going to root yourself. You're going to have some shallow roots here. And you may have some knowledge of spiritual things, but until you have completely surrendered to to Jesus, you will not grow spiritually. This is the starting place, church. Now, with that image in mind, this is ultimately where we intersect with Paul's encouragement to the church at Colossae. They have been reborn, they have been replanted, and now we get a picture into Paul's prayer specifically for this church body. And I want you to understand, Paul is writing to the church. Everyone say church. So when he's communicating here, he's communicating to those who've already made the decision to follow Jesus. 
And that's why I go back and say there has to be a beginning because some of you may still be over here. And if that's you, your only application for today is that spiritual growth has to start with Jesus. It cannot begin until you are moved from this space to this space. For those of you who have moved over and who have been redeemed... And remember, according to Ephesians 2, you cannot transplant yourself. And by the way, another imagery here, I've never seen a plant that will transplant itself. If you have seen that, please come talk to me. I'm very concerned. Okay? It has to be a passive action. That is, someone else has to do the moving. That is what has been done in Jesus. You have been saved by grace through faith. This is in Christ, not of works, so that no one can boast. None of you who are over here can say, Hey, 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 I got up, rooted up, transplanted myself, and now I'm growing in Christ. You cannot do it. The bridge between that gap is Jesus. And God in Christ is the one who transplants you into Christ so that you can grow in Christ. So let's look at Colossians 1, specifically verses 9. I'm going to start at verse 9. Start at verse 9. I'm going to read through verse 14. It says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled, everyone say filled, may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. That's that transplanting work. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, a couple things to note here. In verse 9, he says, We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. This is an ongoing prayer. This is not a, that you may be filled once with the knowledge of His will and spiritual wisdom, it's that you may be filled and continually be being filled. That this may be an ongoing thing. Our prayer is that you would not just be filled with this knowledge one time. It is that you are ongoingly filled and be being filled by this very thing. The knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Why? Verse 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. The only way you are going to bear fruit in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God is first that you are continually being filled with the knowledge of His will and spiritual wisdom and understanding, that cannot happen apart from Jesus. Growth in the church begins and ends with Jesus. 
Verse 11 says, May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Paul's prayer for the church is not for a one and done filling. It is not for a quick fix transformation. It is not for a momentary shift in methodology. His prayer is for the ongoing strengthening, ongoing maturity of the church. Now, building off of this, let's look at verse 28. Paul says, Him we proclaim, Warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Understand a couple of things in these verses. First off, their purpose in teaching is that they may present everyone mature in Christ. Everyone say mature. Mature does not simply mean that they know the right things to say. Mature means that they are living that out. We can create a culture in our homes where our children act obediently and don't actually ever mature. Maturity means that I am choosing to live in those things for myself, not just because I'm told to. I'm choosing to be someone who has grown rather than remaining a child. Paul's goal in teaching the church and encouraging the church is so that ultimately the goal would be maturity in Christ. That they may present everyone mature in Christ. But understand this in verse 29. For this I toil struggling with all whose energy? His energy. That he powerfully works within me. Who's the one that brings about the transformation? It's not me. It's God in me. Therefore, I have to be surrendered, fully surrendered to Christ, if I'm going to expect to grow spiritually. Because here's what we do, church. We may experience a transplanting work, and then we become a real viney plant. If you've ever experienced these, viney plants have this really neat way of moving over and they root back into different soil. And this is what we become, right? And in fact, I may kind of like this old soil a little bit to the point that I'm, I'm rooting in quite a bit. And I'm, I get to this point where I'm like, I, I still got Jesus. My toe is still there. But a majority of my roots are still rooting into my old way, my sinful habits. So this is the temptation. Because even though I've been transplanted into Christ, the old soil is still close by. That is the battle, the war that we wage day after day after day. And unless I'm fully surrendered to Jesus, say I'm rooting into who you are and who you've called me to be and your truth and you, your sustenance and you to grow and shape and change me, I am perpetually going to continue to come back to this. I have to choose to be fully surrendered and root into Christ. It begins and ends with Jesus. 
In Ephesians 4, Paul writes to the church at Ephesus. He says, I gave, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Why? So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ. From whom the whole body Joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The growth of the church starts and ends with Jesus. Now, I want to focus in, in the rest of our time, on how do I do this? Because some of you may be going, alright, I get it. We need to root into Christ, they need to surrender to Jesus, but how do I actively seek to grow in Christ? What do I need to do to become less like myself and more like Jesus? Ultimately, that should be my goal. And Colossians has some answers for us in that. The first one is, you need to walk in Christ. Verse 6 of Colossians chapter 2, it says, Therefore... As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. You want to grow, this is the most logical step in this. You want to grow in Christ, root yourself into Christ. You want to grow in Christ, seek to walk as Jesus walked. If you don't know what that looks like, start reading the Gospels. Start looking for what did Jesus do? What did He teach? How did He live? How did He speak? And what you will find as a summary point is Jesus Himself said, I, My purpose is to do the will of Him who sent me. If I'm going to grow in Christ, then I need to learn from Christ. You can sit here and listen to me every single week and not grow in Christ because I cannot cause you to grow in Christ. Only He can. My job is not to cause you to grow. My job is to point you back to the only one who can. And so we can sit here and hear over and over, just like the book of James says, do not merely be hearers of the word. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Why? Because the only way I'm going to grow is if I root further into Jesus and what He has called me to. I have to walk in Christ. Secondly, hold fast to Christ. Chapter 2, verse 18 into 19, it says, Let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from who? 
It's from God. It is not merely enough for me to know who Jesus is and to know what he taught. It's not merely enough for me to have a knowledge of these things. I have to choose to cling to Jesus. As we sang just a minute ago, to turn my eyes upon Jesus. To fixate on Jesus. You get the theme here, right? It starts and ends with Jesus. Not only walking in Him, but holding fast to Him. And my goodness, when you face chaos, when you face uncertainty, when you face seasons where you just don't know what's going to happen, cling to Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, that's hard. Because it's way easier to cling to something I can hold on to. It's way easier to cling to something I can see. Whether that be relationships or money or my career. And yet, in a moment's notice, all of those things could go away. And then what? Well then, I'm going to be uprooted because I have not rooted into and clung to my Savior. How do I grow up into Christ? Walk in Christ. Hold fast to Christ. Thirdly, seek the things of Christ. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This may be the most practical way you can apply this today. Focus on the things that are of Christ, not the things that are of earth. And I know I'm saying this, but ultimately when it comes down to it, you and I will go this week and we will focus on the things that are of the earth. And that's exactly what I've talked about. I'm doing this. Okay? This is easy to focus on. The reward of focusing on these things is often now... If you want to grow in Christ, if you want to grow spiritually, then you have to start fixing your eyes on the things that are above, not the things here on earth. Stop fixating and devoting all your priorities and time to things that ultimately don't matter. It doesn't mean we have to just become absent from everything, but it means that intentionally I'm going to pursue my true mission and rooting into Jesus and everything else I do. It means when I go to work and I interact with my fellow employees, I'm, I'm rooting into Jesus and that's my primary mission. My secondary mission is whatever I've been hired to do. It doesn't mean you become irresponsible. I am not giving you a reason to skip out on work to share the gospel, okay? Don't do that, but use your work as an opportunity to share the gospel. Let that be your primary mission. Parents who are in the home with your children, use every day as an opportunity to model Jesus. Your number one job as a parent is not to raise a compliant child. As a follower of Jesus, your number one goal as a parent is to raise a follower of Jesus, a disciple, a mature disciple of Christ. Focus in on that every day. When you... Go do sports or you 
have extracurricular activities. Don't let that be the focus. Use that as the opportunity to model Jesus. Teach your kids how to do the same. Everywhere you go, seek the things of Christ. Fix your eyes on the things that are above. Lastly, how do I grow up into Christ? I literally put on Jesus every day. This is a daily thing. In the same way that I get up and I get dressed for the day, I put on Jesus. And I remind myself that my focus is to root into Him. I recognize and acknowledge the temptation of me to root into things that don't matter. And I pray specifically and say, Lord, I want to root into Christ. A really practical way of doing this, I heard another pastor share this. This is what he does every day. And I've been challenging myself to try to get in this habit myself. And what he does is he keeps a copy of the Bible open on his nightstand. And every morning, the first thing he does is he rolls out of bed and he starts where he left off. And he just reads until something stands out. Sometimes it's one verse, sometimes it's multiple. And then at that point, he stops. He stops reading and he prays and he meditates on that all day. He thinks about that. And then guess what? At night, right before he goes to bed, he picks up his Bible. And he reads until something stands out. And then he stops, he prays, he leaves it open on his nightstand, and the next day he picks up again. He seeks to start and end his day with God's truth. So that spiritual growth that starts and ends with Jesus becomes practical. And I'm going to tell you, it's way easier to roll out of bed and do this. Check my email. Who's messaged me? I've already got four phone calls. Time to start the day. I'm going to tell you right now that doing that is beginning my day, fixing my eyes on things that are of this earth, not the things of Jesus. I have to choose to put on Christ. This is said in verse 12 through 17. Of chapter 3. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The growth of the church starts and ends with Jesus. Now, I want to close our time this morning. By reading a section of chapter 1 in Colossians that answers the question, why does it begin and end with Jesus? Why does it begin and end with Him? And in the second part of Colossians chapter 1, it just describes in a powerful way why this begins and ends with Jesus. Here's what Paul writes about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. 
For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Spiritual growth begins and ends with Jesus. Amen? We need to root into Christ, church. Until we do that, we will remain as we are. Let's fix our eyes on Christ. Fathers, we go from here. May we root into Christ our firm foundation for your purposes, for your glory above all else. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.